Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Bet Online, our exclusive wagering partner. Bet Online, of course, where you get all your action on NFL football, NBA basketball, about to get started up in the coming weeks here. And Bet Online AG is the place you want to go. More options to wager than anywhere else online. So, online today, take advantage of all the great midseason bonuses, offers, and contests. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use the code CLNS50 when you go to betonline.ag. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50 to get you 50% off your initial deposit. Last last week was tough. It was close to, it was like nine hours and something minutes. So, I don't know what you guys are at. I think mine was down to 12 hours last week. Wow, yeah. I thought I was bad. I guess I'm on the light side here. I, I knew going into the report that it was going to be high. I had a couple of days where it was like just raining, and I was just like, this is going to kill my, my average, <laughs> and it did. I'm usually around seven. Yeah. Um, so welcome to the Garden Report. Uh, we are less than a week out from the first preseason game. Preseason practices are underway. We have some intel. We're talking to the Celtics as they are doing their thing uh, down at the Arbeck Center. We can't go. Uh, because we can't go, uh, but normally we would, uh, but we get to hear from them. Here's some updates on the players. We had some stuff today, Brad talking about Aaron Naismith. Um, we, we, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, some things concerning the team as we finally, we're going to get to see some action sometime in the very near future. It's days. Uh, six days, six days? Uh, 15th. So we're talking six, yeah. Nine, six days, less than a week. Off your calendar, Jimmy? Old school style? <laughs> I can't wait. I'm even yeah. jumping a day ahead. <laughs> but still, lots, there's still a bit of news. Uh, news calmed down a little bit, so we're going to manufacture some stuff today. Bobby Manning, uh, uh, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone. Uh, Bobby, what's our sponsor? Legends? TheLegendsBrand.com. TheLegendsBrand.com. Uh, it is uh, It's powered by Legends Brand. All your fresh athletic apparel oh, from nice. Legends. 20% off your next purchase. Visit, visit legendsbrand.com backslash what, Bobby? Horford 20 for Anna Horford. Horford. Backslash oh, Bobby, Horford. You're good, you're good point at the jersey oh. behind you. <laughs> the code Horford 20 to get 20% off. Wait, time out. Joe, no Joe, Joe Sway is wearing it? Is that true, Joe Sway? Yeah. Uh, these are fresh. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. This is like my this second and third one. This is one of, this is my favorite one probably. Can we yeah. get a, can we get a little spin? Can we get a spin? Can you can you show that off for the for the good people watching on YouTube? Uh no. You want me to, but it's uh, just a quick yeah, like what do we got here? Okay. We can do it that's later. More of a, that's more of a twist. Yeah, I'll show you later. 
Yeah. All right. So okay. let's get into you got me modeling over here. No, I'm good. Let's get into some <laughs> stuff. Everybody, everybody loves lists. They're fun to debate. Uh, ESPN came out with one of theirs. Uh, everybody loves to hate lists, but go on. They love to hate them. Yes. Why do they love to hate them? Because they're usually very wrong, or because every, everyone's got their own list. Like if everyone had the same list, it so wouldn't be. Everyone hates. Everyone hates lists, yet they love them because they can debate them endlessly. And their ESPN uh, sent out its uh, top 100 uh, list up until player 11. And Jason Tatum is the last one on the list. So he didn't crack the top 10, but well, up, up to 11 is quite an accomplishment for him. Kemba Walker all the way down to 48. Uh, Marcus Smart jumps from 87 to 37. On this list, Jalen Brown goes up from 51 to 32. Jason Tatum also a big leap up to 11. And again, lists are lists, and we're not holding this as holy gospel, but we still want to kind of talk about it because it is interesting and they're fun to debate. Our friend Gordon Hayward comes in at 44. Um, so Marcus Smart is better than Gordon Hayward, apparently, in ESPN's eyes, who is slightly better than Kemba Walker, who's been slightly diminished because of uh, his knees and his uncertainty. Um, so we'll see what's happening there. But, guys, your initial thoughts on this list. Mine is obviously Smart way too high and Jalen actually a little bit low. Yeah, and if you're comparing it to last year, you know, I was top-heavy with the talent in terms of your percentage of the league, top 25 guys. I did a top 25 myself. I did my own list at the end of the regular season last year, and I had four Celtics in the top 30. So that's different now. You know, Kemba takes a dip. Shocking. Kemba oh takes God. a dip with Shocking. the four Celtics. That's yeah. not even the top. I almost, in the top twenty. I almost but, interjected when when John was talking about how much he hates the list because I I'm kind of with him on that, but nothing, nothing, no other list that I hate more is a preseason list. And then Bobby, for you to say that you have a post like post what NBA Finals list, that's probably the second worst one. Like, no, it was between. They it don't was between, last. They don't mean anything. It was between the regular season and the playoffs, and you're right. The list changed completely oh, by the you, end of the postseason. You actually did that? You took time? Okay. All right. hey. Out of your life? <laughs> I believe it. Hey, we got to turn out the content the here. Point. How long did yeah, that but, last? A couple of months? No, yeah, it changed rapidly after the whole Jimmy Butler situation that we saw in the playoffs. And I think that's an interesting thing about this list, too. Definitely uh, considering playoff runs quite a bit. I mean, Jamal Murray gets into the top 25. That's playoff performance right there. Uh, you talk about some of the other guys. Biggest surprise, Zion, 19. Like, the yeah. Zion hype continues. What does he, he play, 30 games? Does I would have had him yeah, higher. Wow. I, I don't think there's 18 guys in the league I want in front of him. I'll tell you that. If, 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 if that's if, not what the list is, though, right? It's not. It's not. not. <laughs> What's the list all about? Star, and this it, is why they do these lists. Exactly. It does project. It does project out a little bit um, in terms of you know, kind of entering the season. So I think the thirty games he played is less of an issue. I, I do again want to talk about the Celtics here. All right, you know, one by one, because. Again, it doesn't matter where they are on a list, but relative to their expectations for the year, it is important, okay? Because you need – if Marcus Smart is a, is, the, is a top 37 player in the NBA, then that's a, that's a trio that you can feel pretty good about. I debate whether that's actually true. I don't understand how Marcus went from 80 – again, it's a list. We know it's not gospel. But how well, does Marcus yeah. go – from 87 to 37 in a year when his offensive metrics went down in terms of efficiency, um, his three-point shooting got worse. His two-point 
his overall field goal percentage was 34. I mean, he was mm-hmm. not – again, we know he can distribute. We know he does other things offensively to make up for that. But this is a guy who you are now – you are now – we are now asking – a 34% field goal shooter to shoot more. And that's important to the team's success this year. That worries me a little bit. Yeah, I mean, that's the part of the list that stands out the most, right? Obviously, because the market's smart. And there's two reasons. One, because of what we saw in the postseason. He didn't have a great postseason, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals. So that stands out to you. It's like, okay, well, how did he get high on this list? The reason I think he got high on this list is because just like everyone else is saying and what we've been talking about, he's going to take on a big role because of Kemba Walker, because of you know, the way Gordon Hayward left, and now there's this huge void. He's going to take up a huge step in that. And I think ESPN, which, of course, this is why I hate these preseason lists, because they're they're either getting way too ahead of themselves or they're emphasizing, you know, it's either one or the other. And with this one, I think they may be just saying they, they may be valuing Marcus Smart a little more than we do, I guess. I guess the best way to put it. I, I don't know. I don't think I would put him that high on the list, but I see why they did that because they know that his responsibility is going to expand ridiculously in the next couple of months. You know what's crazy is that we always say Celtics fans overvalue Marcus Smart more than anybody else in the league does. That's why I was surprised to see Marcus Smart. Exactly. Yeah, right? Things that, sort of changed. It's sort of 50 That's a surprising now. thing. That's right. a surprising thing. I mean, if you, if you told me Marcus Smart was at 55, I'd be like, Okay, you know, I don't think anyone really bat an eye there. We that don't know sense. how many beat writers, how many Celtics beat guys were on this panel along with Bobby. Yeah. You know, who we got don't know if weird Celtics put this list together. The other thing I'll say about it's the list, we shouldn't, we shouldn't jump to conclusions. We don't know who the top 10 is yet, and we haven't yeah, we heard do. Tristan Thompson's name. We haven't heard Daniel Tice's name. We haven't heard anybody, you know, any of those yeah, how guys. Are gonna, how are you going to lead off with Tristan Thompson on that? But all right, go ahead. Well, because b- the way Bobby talks about Tristan Thompson, it sounds like he's going to be top 10 this year. So I'm just waiting to, <laughs> waiting for that name. But Well, he didn't play in the playoffs. He was on the Cavaliers. We know the kind of influences that are uh, being placed on this list. So he, did, he didn't have a spotlight on him. How many times? national tv games that the Cavs have last year i mean people probably don't even know tristan thompson played last year yeah, he did spokesman come on bobby don't let, let jimmy push you around like that Obviously, i thought jimmy i mean tristan joe sway we were, listen, we, listen, were si- we were sitting here in july we were sitting here in July with this being a dream free agent signing for me and jimmy and jimmy is completely turned on it it's That's unreal not true. I am, I am, a, I am a fan of Tristan Thompson. I think he's gonna help the team, but it doesn't take away from all the negative that happened. I don't want to get back. I got, any I got a question for Bobby though. I don't want to do this again. I remember. No. I, I yeah. almost no, no Hayward talk. The playoffs when you were talking about Daniel Tice, right? What was what was your go-to line? Top ten center in the NBA. Where, where's Daniel Tice on this list? You know, I mean, where, where this where where Daniel Tice is valued? You know, you think about that, and we're talking about Tristan Thompson here. It's like, well, wait a minute, is Daniel Tice top one hundred? Is that something that we should be debating? You know who is top 100? Miles Turner. Miles Turner. Okay. The Jason that's all I'm going to say. I'm done. Jason Tatum at 11. Um, I think that's pretty fair. I mean, he could have cracked the top that, 10. Right? Yeah. I think Tatum could have cracked the top 10. I mean, well, look at it. I mean, let's, add, let, let's go through it. We know what the top 10 is now just based off sure. of omissions. Okay? So yeah. the top 10, I wrote it down. It's it's very clear. But it's uh, LeBron. No yeah. Uh, LeBron, AD, um, Curry, Giannis, Harden. Uh, we had uh, – help me out with the rest here. I had it all written down. 
I thought, okay, yeah. So we got LeBron, AD, Harden, oh, LeBron, Giannis, AD, Luka. Harden, Giannis, Luka, Durant, Curry, Dame, Kawhi, and I'm looking at Jokic here as the 10th. He might Jokic. be the only one on that list I think you could possibly make a case for Tatum over. I, I don't know that you can make it for anyone else at, at that point. I mean, point. is Curry still there? Is, is is Curry still a top 10 player? We haven't seen you him. You have to. It, it's tough. And that you was can't, the You can't penalize Curry and, Curry and Durant because yeah. these guys were immovable top five, top 10 players a year ago just for just for missing a year. Even he, though Durant, I'm far more skeptical of than Curry because of the nature of his injury. That Achilles is friggin' a killer. You can't project yeah. where, where they're going to fall to either. What do you do? Put them at 30, put them at 55. Like, you just can't predict well, it. Well, the... they dropped Kyrie. I mean, Kyrie fell off he's in the mid-20s. He's 25, yeah. Yeah, so... Which... That's interesting fine. too, because the games he did play last year, he was excellent. He was pushing thirty points a game. So again, this I don't like this list at all. I just I just went through the centers. Joe Sway, Marcus Saul is on here. I mean, we watched that series. Really? Marcus Saul? Like, I mean, I don't know what's going on with this. That's list. the part that I'm surprised no one has even mentioned, or I don't know if you guys have heard it, but where's Daniel Tice? He's better than Marcus. He whooped Marcus Saul. I don't series. disagree. I don't disagree. No offense there. to Marcus Saul, but, yeah, but, but do you get what I mean, John? I mean, I'm not I trying to Marcus... go debating this list or whatever, but you get what I'm saying, right? If you're valuing, you know, Marcus Saul, Daniel Tice, it's like, wait, wait a minute. What kind of measurement are we doing here where you, where you don't have Daniel Tice or at least somewhere close? The measurement to is that maybe Saul, one of two. Last year or there's, one of, there's one of two options here, okay? The, the two options are most people just didn't pay attention to what Daniel Tice did all year, and you really had to be, uh, uh, you know, a, a member of Celtics media or a Celtics fan to actually watch and appreciate. You think national media making this poll has any clue what the Tice seal is? Of course they don't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but I think they were watching the playoffs though. Yeah. Wait until they see in the playoffs. You're watching a guy foul, you know, foul, foul players who are better than him five times foul, a game. You know, yeah. he had games where he was certainly, uh, uh, like a, a a good contributor, but I the mean, the Heat again, series hurt his image. He's for playing sure. up over his head so much of the time because you know in, in the playoffs he was just he was you know up against just tougher matchups. Um, and obviously the Heat series hurt him because yeah. Adebayo was just sitting there just freaking catching lobs, you know. Yeah, um, was that. that was a tough one. That's one true. thing about yeah, Marcus Saul. One thing about Marcus Saul. People forget probably before they made this list is he literally had a nervous breakdown in the middle of that Celtics series. Shaved his head. Shaved all his hair off in the middle of the year. I thought he was going to leave the bubble. It was like it was like full metal jacket. I mean, I I, I, I don't know how we're doing the top 100 list and talking about 97. That's so the show, but I, it's so crazy because we watched him that whole series and we're just like, is this guy going to be in the league next year? And all of a sudden, yeah. he's got a Lakers deal. The Lakers fans are pitching him being the key addition of the off season. Like my head was spinning with the whole Marcus All thing all off. And again, less about the list, more again for me from the Celtics perspective, the 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 importance of guys ascending okay this the entire the entire um success of the celtics at this point this year and going forward is predicated on jalen brown and jason tatum not being 11 and 32 on a top 100 list but eventually being 5 and 12 on a top 100 list you know that's how they get to the next level that's not beyond the realm of possibility i actually think jalen is a tad low here i was um, just gonna say that and you can look at and again you know uh you can look at this list and say I, I could see a few people in front of him. I'm gonna pull uh, and I'll throw some names out here. I, I so, could argue, I could argue Jalen should be. You know, let, let's go for the guys immediately in front of him. Okay, he's at 32. You have uh, Siakam, 
right in front of Morant. him. Siakam's Siakam stunning. John Morant, kind of a quick leap there. I don't. I I I might argue Morant will have the better career, but uh, Kyle Lowry. No freaking way am I taking Lowry over Jalen Brown. No way. Yeah. Trey Young. Yeah. I can understand that. Ingram. Uh, Lakers fans from you know a couple years ago having that Ingram versus uh you know that all of the Ingram debates yeah, here. They're loving, they're loving that. They don't want to hear it now because he's not there anymore. I can't argue against Brandon Ingram for what he did last year. McCollum, Gobert, uh, you know. Uh, I would take Brown over both those. I would take Brown over both of them. Then there's Kyrie, Siakam. I would take him over Siakam. Carl Anthony Towns, I take Jalen Brown. Then you start would you? Bradley Beal, Jamal Murray, more offensive-minded players, Paul George. I can make an argument for Jalen Brown over Paul George too. So – that's all the way up to 20 before you, you know, you've got guys all the way up to 20 on this list where you say Jalen Brown wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been stunning if Brown came in at 21, 22 on this list, you know, I right? I with the Paul George. Uh, again, a couple of days a, in there. It would not have been shocking if Jalen Brown yeah. was, was there, right? Are, mean, we, are we, are we all still? He should have been top 30 for sure. Yeah. I mean. Not to start picking at names, but like Chris Paul, fifteen. That looks like he, he, you know, is he still a top fifteen player? I think I he know. is. Uh, the Renaissance think, season, though, that's gonna, yeah, that boosted him up. I okay, think I want to focus. I want to focus on four four names on this list. And you talked about Jason Tatum at eleven. Who comes in at twelve and thirteen? Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I mean, wow. Yeah. So that's I want to get into that in a little bit because I do want to talk about tandems. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. So no, no, but that that's a good one that you point that out. Um, any anything else on? So I mean, I do think, like I said, is this team? If Jason Tatum becomes a legit top five carry a team scorer, even the little bio under Tatum, you know, talks about you know, does he have what it takes to be more than a number two? He's obviously more than a two, but meaning like the alpha. The alpha who carries a team sort of number one guy, you know, right. not like a Bradley Beal number one guy who's fine and good, but he's probably not going to carry a team to a championship. Is he that next level alpha? And that's right. what that's what we're going to find out. And honestly, when you when you look at the 10 names you, you listed before him, I don't think he's there yet. I don't think he is with LeBron, AD, Harden, Giannis, Luka, Durant, Curry, Dame, Kawhi, you know, Jokic. I don't think he is with that with that tier yet and he shows flashes of it i think he's capable of it he's also 22 so i mean i you know can you even expect them to be i mean obviously yeah like you know luca and some of these guys are, are around the same age but there's some guys in this list that have been on been in the league for you know 10 years that you know it's not it's not easy to unseat them at this point in their careers or in his career but does he have the capabilities to absolutely um and i think that's why it's so important to build around him and i think that's what the celtics understand and Jalen Brown is your number, you know, the guy that you want to be there in that top 20 range. You know? So that's the question is, is Brown. And so this was interesting. Um, uh, Jeff Goodman and Bob Ryan on um, on a little kind of uh, garden report extra after one of their podcasts did it, did a segment for CLNS media that you can find on our YouTube uh, YouTube channel here. Um, and you should check it out. You should check out their podcast as well. But uh, Goodman's belief is uh, Brown's not a two. Brown's more of a three. And I don't know that I disagree for all of the talents and all of the things he does. I don't know if he's the number two guy on a championship team based on being asked to carry an offensive load um, that they're going to ask of him this year. What do you guys we, think? We talked yeah. about that a ton during the playoffs, him needing to become that second guy. And the playoffs showed that 
not necessarily that he can't because there were certain games where he carried the load for sure especially in that toronto series like he had some monster games we we debated that 30 field goal attempt game forever i thought he was so critical there the way he asserted himself but he wasn't he wasn't always able to do that sometimes he got lost off the ball sometimes marcus smart was taken over more than him so i disagree with jeff it felt like jeff was saying more he's incapable of being that i say within the flow of the celtic system where ball handling and uh playmaking so important that he's capable of getting lost can't be a system guy a true number two though i don't think yeah i don't you think have, good you really. have to have it on your you gotta be the you gotta be able to do it apart from everything around you I think okay, what happened in that is legitimate, you know, I, I think he's going to get the opportunity and that's what we're all going to find out. But I think the biggest difference that I think people are overlooking is the the Gordon Hayward factor, the Kemba Walker. I mean, those guys, those touches, now that they're not going to be there or at least Kemba Walker for the next couple of months, that's when we'll really find out when Jalen can really sink into that number two spot because he's never approached the season with that mindset. He's never even been close. So this is, this is uncharted waters, but the thing that I, you know, bring up or that I'm a bit worried about or interested to see how it's going to unfold is if he's not capable or if he's unable or something, you know, if, if, if Marcus Smart smells that opportunity to take over that number two spot, he's not going to think twice. So then what happens yeah. then, you know? Right. It, it, it's a huge, it's probably a bigger, like the first half of the season is probably bigger for, biggest for Jalen Brown, I think, for the reasons you guys just mentioned. It's his, it's his opportunity to grab this number two spot because we all knew J, uh, Jason Tatum was a number one. And then you had Kemba, and then you got Gordon Hayward in the mix and, you know, Marcus Smart. But now it's like, okay, number number two spot's up for grabs right now. And I think Jalen Brown is capable of filling that role right now. My question is, will he? Because remember in that Heat series, one of the biggest things down the in the final games of that series is where is Jalen Brown? He's standing in the corner. He's not being aggressive. He's not taking shots. He's not driving to the hoop. And whenever he did, they had success, but he wasn't doing it enough. And even Danny Ainge, I think he went on the radio the next day and said, we got to get Jalen Brown more involved. So Jalen Brown needs to get himself involved. He can't be standing there watching Jason Tatum do it all. Yeah. yeah. I want to quickly say, see a couple questions here. Joseph, one from you on the starting lineup. We will get to some questions later on for sure. So you guys can load them up maybe a little bit later in the hour so we can see them coming through on the chat. Um, but yeah, keep them coming for sure. Um, uh, Bobby, go ahead. You were going to say there. I was going to say the skill sets there for sure. And we saw it in that rising stars game a couple of years ago and different situations like team USA, where he's gotten the opportunity to get on the ball team a little USA. bit more. Hey, it's a different environment. It's a different context. So you get to see a guy's skill set in a different light. We're, just, I, we're basing so much. Anyway, keep going. Well, I'm just saying the skill set's there. <laughs> this guy, he was second to PJ Tucker in corner three-point shooting. Across the board, I thought his three was phenomenal last year. He can get into the mid-range and hit a shot. And we know he's a great finisher. The LeBron dunk against LA last year. I want to say this about Brown too, though, because we. this is what I hate about the list too. Defense. So, like, if you have a defensive game changer, we talk about two-way players, even though everyone should be a two-way player if you're going to be great. He, he sets a tone defensively that fires up Boston's fast break, uh, allows them to stay in games with players like LeBron James, some of the great wing players in this league. He's going to defend Kevin Durant on opening night or the second night whenever they're playing that game. He's going to be so instrumental in what they do defensively that I think that levels you up in terms of your hierarchy on the team as well like he's when we think about the celtics this year they're going to be a defensive team and he's yeah, going to be the centerpiece sloppy, what they do. Though, bobby he still jumps he still jumps for ball fakes 
um, mm-hmm. on defense. It's still, for all that his handles improved, it's still just okay. Um, at times, it's great. At times, his his ability to go to the hole last year was such a game changing thing. But it's still not. You want to know that when he's got the matchup, when he's got a guy that cannot stay in front of him, you give it to him on the wing and he should just go every mm-hmm. time. You know, yeah. and there's not a lot of players that can stay in front of him. That's the thing. Not a lot. And that's the thing is that's all him having enough control to figure out the hesitation, the pullback, to cross, to, you know, the threat of the pull up. You just right. have the guy on a but string. Yeah, that's the thing. It goes back to go. Right. It goes back to the complexion of this offense. What's it going He's to a predetermined like? move guy in his head. He's one yeah, of those right. guys that knows where he kind of has it set where he's going right. to do before he does it rather than feels the D. He's much better at it than he used to be. How many times in the past would you see him go left, have a guy overplay him, have a spin if you wanted it, not right. take it, or yep. spin back into a guy Good instead job. of continuing on because he had it. He knew it. he's right. better at that, but it's still not all the way there. But it's in transition. I mean, that's the thing. And I think Kemba Walker, again, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, these guys, these guys had a lot to do with that, pushing the tempo, pushing the ball up. How is he going to do in a half-court set, you know, between him and Tatum and, and Smart? I mean, these are things that they're going to have to figure out. But, but he can sort of offense and yeah. that sort of, you know, set where they're pushing the tempo. Maybe Jeff Teague is, is, your, is your temporary uh, starter at the point, pushing the tempo, pushing the ball, you know. Getting him in those opportunities because that's when he plays in his best, when he's in the open space, when he's, you know, in transition. There's not a lot of players that can stay in front of him. That's yeah. key. That's key too, Josue. Jeff Teague easing that burden. They do still have a couple of different yeah, guys the who can difference, the big difference between him and Kemba Walker, Bobby. That's the thing. Kemba Walker, I mean, the pull-up three-pointer attacking the rim. He was such a threat that you know guys had to come out and stay with him in transition. And then that's when Jalen Brown shined, you know, in, in those open spaces. Yeah, and Jason Tatum's taking on a load too when it comes to handling the pick and roll. So these two guys in terms of ball handling, I've been saying it the last three weeks, they're going to dictate how well this team does. Tatum showed a little bit in that regard during the playoffs, so you feel good about him. So, Brown can even run a pick and roll. We'll see. Here's the thing too, and this is the bummer about this year, is I think you'd feel better about um, Tatum and Brown making the leap from, again, Disclaimer, we know it's a list and it's imperfect, and it doesn't mean that this is where they are in the world, but they're not too far off from their numbers and their rankings here, okay? the In order for Jalen and Jason to make a leap from 30-something 30, 30 and, you know, outside of the top 10 into top 5 and top 15 and legitimately be the type of duo that on their own can carry a team to the title, they have to add layers to their game. It's what sucks about this offseason is they're basically coming back as almost identical versions of themselves. You don't have time to hit the gym to to add you know a, a extra muscle to yeah. uh, you know refine a particular port, part of your game that you really wanted to work on. You basically had enough time to decompress, go home, chill out, and then maybe start to ramp up conditioning workouts just to be able to get into training camp again. So I don't know how much of a different player they're going to see. Whatever natural evolution you 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 get just over time but they didn't have an off season to work on stuff so I, th- I, I don't know how different anyone is going to be unless of course i could see regressions people who just of course <laughs> yeah, massive shocking. regressions people going in <laughs> 
Yo, how many people are saying it now? Like, we'll, we'll play our way into shape when things begin. You know there's a huge portion of the NBA that just went home, got a little fat, got a little lazy, and they're just going to figure it out and slow play it through the month. They're of not going to be alone in that. And, again, there's going to be nagging injuries. And I don't there's going to be a lot of tough teams to benefit. That's where guys oh, like definitely. Peter Brown, those guys will roll out of bed, do three push-ups, and they'll be in shape. You know, you don't have to worry about the kids as much. So, it, for the Celtics' point of view, I don't feel I'm, – I'm not concerned – but others certainly are. I just don't know how much better they can get. They, yeah, and I think the condition-wise, Celtics are going to be, I think, ahead of a lot of teams because of the amount of time they spent in the bubble. Now, maybe that means they're going to tire it out or you know hit hit E on the gas tank sooner than other teams. But I don't think you're going to see a lot of players coming in out of shape like you might for some of the teams that didn't make the didn't make the bubble or didn't go far in the playoffs. But the other thing you're talking about leaps, we got Jalen Brown's leap between the stoppage in the bubble that was the I think leap that we saw we were calling him bubble Jalen right so I think you're gonna if you see that Jalen Brown Tatum took an in-season leap yeah massive but, one massive but when, yeah. when Jalen Brown came back from the bubble it was much more noticeable actually Jason Tatum had a very slow start in the bubble and everybody was freaking out saying what happened to Jason Tatum he didn't buy a hoop yeah exactly <laughs> he needed a basketball hoop. He's playing <laughs> no ball no ball. no guys it was the hair it was the hair yeah, Latino Tatum was no more after that cut his hair it was good so if we get that Jalen Brown, if we get bubble Jalen Brown, I mean, this season, like you said, John, it might feel like an extension of last season, just one long extension, one long year that we're in, one decade, whatever this feels like. It might feel that for this NBA season. But if Jaylen, if that Jalen Brown shows up and not the hesitant one in like game five and six of, of the Eastern Conference Finals, then I think I think that they'll that they'll be okay with, with that one-two combination. Yeah. Um, anything more on this list? I got one more question for you guys off it. Yeah, go for it. Okay. We need we need Celtics need these guys. First, they need a healthy Kemba, but four players inside a top 50 with a very underrated Daniel Tice and Tristan Thompson in the mix certainly is is good. I don't think removing the 44th best player in the league and Gordon Hayward makes them better. I think that that's obvious that they would have been better had they found a way to keep Hayward in here, but this is workable again, if everyone takes leaps and that's what you're counting on with this team. Uh, I will ask you, is anybody on the current roster, someone you could see at any point in time, cracking a top 100. And I'm not saying a Daniel Tice after he gets the proper recognition. I'm saying any younger player you think <laughs> better. Doesn't any, seem possible at this point. Any any younger player on this team you today can turn into something. I'll say I'll tell you what. I mean, I mean, I don't aside, know. aside from Naismith, if if he if he holds up to what some people think he might be, I mean, I, I would hope that he could maybe crack the top 100 someday. But anybody Naismith. on the roster that's not a rookie that I haven't seen oh. play. Oh, wait, you I mean this year, right, John? You're talking about in general, just ever. Right uh, now, we got you. Got the Celtics have them in the fold right now, in a in a two years, three years, four years. Oh, at it, any point in any time, could you see any of these? At any point in time, do the Celtics have a player that's top one hundred worthy or top fifty well, listen, worthy? Listen, I mean Robert Williams. I don't know how he's going to get an opportunity to, to ever crack that if if he's like third on the fourth or third or fourth on the depth chart this season. I don't know what their plans are for him. But if Naismith can come in and become a shooter, now all of a sudden he's getting regular playing time, I can see him cracking the top 100. I'm not talking about a top 20 player, but any guy that can be consistent from the outside, um, I think he can crack the top 100. So maybe he's my pick. But other than that, like, listen, 
Like Romeo, I don't know at this point. I mean, we, we haven't seen it. We haven't seen him play. Who the hell knows? Grant, I don't see that really in his future, at least not immediately. Um, you can go down the line with, with some of the younger guys that I – I mean, Taco Fall, who knows? I mean, Taco Fall <laughs> could all of a sudden – could all of a sudden get some – Robert Williams. That was John's guy. Speaking of Robert Williams, my, 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 one of my preseason bold predictions is uh, where, where he'll be a more useful big man than, than Tristan Thompson by the end of the year. Wow. wow. Well, look at Bam out of bio. Uh, you'll be looking for more Robert Williams minutes than you'll be looking for Tristan Thompson minutes. That's what I'm saying. Sizzling take. I'm saying Tristan Thompson is going to be a situational, but you're going to be looking for Robert to, to, be, doing, to be doing big things. I'm, I'm not going to be Cantor, you're saying? Cantor 2.0? So uh, Robert's, Robert's a guy, you see it. You see it when he goes in. We saw it in the bubble. The efficient scoring, the shot blocking, the athleticism, all that stuff. He showed it, and there was a time where we imagined him being a serious part of what they were doing there in the bubble during the playoffs. He got so close and fell just short when that pick and pop got thrown at him. So it's minor details that he needs to fix up, and he's in year three. So we haven't seen a ton of them. The health's a big concern. But I look at all the guys on the roster, and I'm glad Jimmy brought him up because he has the look of a guy who could get within that top 100. Don't you see one day you're going to walk in and he's going to be a completely different human, you know, like not just physically, he's just going to be like, more focused and like all over the place you'd be like oh my god what about this guy like i'm not saying it'll happen i could just see it possible he because of the physical profile it's more than possible i mean it's there i see one day all of a sudden it's like you know like it's like you know your buddy who grows up you know who who, who, who grows six inches in one year and doesn't know what to do with himself and he turns around he's just knocking over furniture with his arms and legs you know like robert williams still has kind of that like i don't even think he knows like what to do with himself fully i think when he puts it all together has the right body type really kind of gets slows it down and get and this year you saw it you know both with his passing ability to knock down jumpers when it came down to it he's still all over the place on the defensive end of the floor but if he slows it down a little bit and uses his physical tools, I think he has enough to be something. Yeah, you but I just he, don't like his health injury, John. That's what scares me, especially for someone his size. Yeah, and, you know, for someone that young, I, I have my money on Grant. Uh, you know, Jimmy wow. said you, know, you think he could be a top hundred. I, I think don't he, disagree. I think but, he's multi, you know, multifaceted. He has so many ways that he can impact the game. You know, on both ends of the floor, and he's such a he's such a Brad Stevens Celtics guy. Like if, if Brad can hold on to this guy as long for as long as possible, I think he will. And I think the longer he's in Boston, the better he'll he'll be because he's going to take on a, a big role. He's just that kind of guy. I mean, I don't have to say yeah. much. You guys know how he is. Like he'll literally run through a wall for Brad if he wants him to. So I Jimmy, think that, that kind of guy, that that sort of with, with so many different ways he could impact the game. It's only a matter of fact before you know two or three of those, he becomes really good at him, and all of a sudden you have an impact player. Jimmy. Yeah, my last point on Robert Williams is what I think he needs, and maybe he has one to an extent. I don't know is anything about his personal life, but he needs like a mentor, like, and I mean like a former player, a guy like I'm gonna say it, and everyone's gonna laugh, but I'm gonna say it, a guy like Kevin Garnett that can just like get this guy in the right state of mind, like train him to be a killer out there in the court. He has all the physical tools. I think he doesn't quite have the mental capabilities right now to like be as strong of a player as he needs to be on the court or off the court. And I, again, I'm not, not questioning his work ethic or anything like that. He might be the hardest worker in the gym, but if he had a guy like a former player that can just really like stay on him and keep on him, I think that would just do wonders for him. I don't know if there's like somebody like that currently in the organization that is doing that, 
for centers. Um, I know the Celtics have had like big men coach in the past, and I know there's plenty of former players that have come through that organization. But somebody like a Kevin Garnett, and it won't be him, obviously, because I'm sure he's busy doing a million other things. But get a player who can sort of, you know, mold you into the type of player that you can be, and see what you got in this guy. Because I, I don't think showing up to work PJ, every day is going to do it. Give me some PJ Brown here. Yeah. How about how about honestly? How about Evan Turner? He's in the house. How about Perkins? Kendrick Perkins has a lot of time. I see him on TV oh, all the time. Man. Yeah, um, I am going to. I don't know that I. <laughs> I'm I glad we just skipped right over that. <laughs> I don't know that I believe he's going to make the list. I do think that uh, Grant is the most intriguing because you know, it's uh, he's got that. So somebody, uh, one of our viewers, young, young Celtics players. I swear, man, it's like it, it just tops out of David you, Brown pretty much. <laughs> I, Jalen Brown. That's, I don't want to get. It. I don't want to get into how wrong I was about Jalen Brown. I'll, I'll be arguing. I'll be <laughs> that's arguing, right, ends there. I'll like, be that's arguing that he was a busted pick at number three, all the way to his Hall of Fame induction ceremony. You know, like I've been. <laughs> you and Jeff. I mean, I I've couldn't. Been so wrong about Brown. <laughs> I couldn't believe. Jamal a lot of people were. A lot of people were. I was. Him. I, I, I was a hundred thousand percent sure that was a a real bust of a pick. I know Danny wanted a wing. I thought he just reached at the best one available and he couldn't play at all. So fine. But Grant and one of our viewers here, C-Mac, put downside PJ Tucker, upside Draymond Green. I think upside PJ. Oh, the Draymond. <laughs> people love the Draymond comparisons. I think upside PJ Tucker. I think they're accurate. I see it. I, I think the hot, I think the ceiling is PJ Tucker. But I think the the oh my god, could he be Draymond is the best case scenario. I don't think he's as athletic as Draymond. Um no, but no, and he doesn't have well, he's not gonna even be Draymond with close to the similar personality that you need that to be like that type of player, I feel like. But he's got, he's, got the, he's got the little of everything. And I think what Celtics fans are gonna love this year is and, and again. To, this is going to play right into Bobby's hands, but what you have is basically you've got Marcus Smart at all three positions. You've got Marcus Smart as Marcus Smart at guard. You've got uh, Grant Williams playing Marcus Smart at the small forward, and then you've got Tristan Thompson playing the role of Marcus Smart as the big man. So you're <laughs> going to have a lot of this. God rest his soul. This would have been Tommy. Tommy would have had so many Tommy points to hand out this year to this team uh, because of these guys. You know, because you're going to have a lot of those guys that do that thing. Uh, that these guys do, but I think Grant Williams has the profile to be able to kind of Draymond light sort of thing, shoot some, play some defense, switchable, come up with buckets when you, when you, when you need it, play the defense, grab the rebounds, kind of be that guy uh, where the stats are never going to be through the roof, but his value is going to exceed, you know, what the numbers show. Well, is that going to get you on the top 100 list though? Can, I, I hope so. On the right team. We'll be giving out. Tommy Awards in memory, hopefully, yeah. this season. Yeah, yeah. Bobby? It feels, feels like he'll get more time at the four this year. That should help him. He had to play a lot of center last year, which I didn't think suited him all that well. He's too short. No, but uh, he's, all five makes sense when they do go to that lineup. Occasionally. I, I thought it worked out three or four times last year. It, it worked out for 
minutes in that Miami series. But I, I like to see him at the four because he's got some perimeter qualities. His three-point shot really came around by the end of the year. I like him, but I'm with Jimmy. The burst, the explosion's not there. Like When we talk about Draymond, I go back to that Western Conference Finals in 2019 where he just took over, taking it full court. Yeah. Like the, the, expo- the explosion... The explosion of years he didn't have that. Our first three years he didn't have that. Hey, and and Grant definitely lost some weight coming back. I, I've seen him in the videos and everything like that. Like he's definitely gotten a little more chiseled. He, he had more you know pump qualities to him last year. So steps taken. I, but again, last year it's it's spot up shooting and that fifteen foot post up game for him. There wasn't a ton to him offensively. But this when we start thinking about the team this year, everybody defends. Everybody on the floor, everybody in the rotation is going to defend. And that's why we, we, we talk about Naismith a little bit. doesn't feel like he's going to be in the rotation right now because of his defensive attributes. Mm-hmm. As Stevens isn't seeing it right now from him, the way he's talked about him this week. So well, we're going to be seeing you knew some that, cool- though. So what'd you, you, you knew that. You, you knew that's what you were getting <laughs> in him, right? like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's got potential there. We talked about that on draft night. Apparently yeah. he's not seeing it. I mean, when Brad when Brad said today he was having tr- just trouble just getting up and down the floor when he first got in the camp, I mean, there's a message being sent there to some degree. Like he's just lower your expectations for Naismith coming in. Yeah, well, for me, I'm not, it's not the defense I'm worried about. The Celtics it's, it's the offense. Like, how do you put up 113 points? Like, can, can you even duplicate what you did last year? Chances are you can't. I mean, and no, you're a different team. You know, they were people forget Celtics were one of the top scoring teams in the East. That's not going to necessarily be the case now. You know, there's new talent now. You know, there's a, there's there's teams that are going to be able to put up more points. And the Celtics will be able to defend at a high level. But I just think, again, you know, without Gordon Hayward, without Kemba Walker, you know, those, those point productions, assists, there's a lot of points to, to make up. And whether it's Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart divvying up those points or those sort of productions, okay, yeah, sure. But then what happens after those guys? It, it, it falls off, you know, after that. You know, there's a lot of question marks coming off the bench. So, Grant Williams, you know, guys like that who who I envision are going to eventually roll or probably already do heading into this season, they're only going to get better from that. You know, they they'll, they'll maximize their talent from from this from this season, especially. Uh, so Bobby, just out of curiosity, what was the comments with Steven? Because I've seen different things. I saw him say one thing; he thinks he'll pick it up quickly, but you're saying he's having a tough time getting up and down the co- the court. Well, yeah, once he got in the camp, it seems like when he was first getting in there after the draft, the conditioning. Today he said he hadn't played five on five since January. Broke his foot, of course, back in January. So there was obviously so it's more of a conditioning thing right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's going to happen, and it is going to be slow. And we talked about the rookies not really being able to pick things up here. Uh, we talked about this, and somebody asked a question on the chat here just in terms of starting lineup. At this point, I do have to think, and again, we've got – I, I, you know, I mean, you've got a really short preseason and then it's on, right? So yep, two games yeah. <laughs> expectations, I mean, expectations right now for the team as the preseason begins. I think you want to see rotations almost right away. Uh, you want to kind of see what it's going to be. I am curious. I, I, I'm a little torn on part of me wants to see part of me doesn't hate the Teague Grant Williams the Teague starting in place of uh, Kemba because I think he simulates more of what Kemba does with smart running with a second unit. It doesn't, I don't hate it, but then again, I can see Teague being the 
one of the few shot creators on that second unit as well and and running with them running i i I like that point more and i'm gonna hit back on joe sway a little bit with this right now i think you can be a different team this year especially in the early going get by on your defense you can win regular season games being a defensive team we've seen memphis do it miami last year was that kind of team and made the nba finals utah does it every year you can do that. Like yeah, they don't. Have, they don't have to be scoring 130. That's a tough schedule, Bobby. They're playing. You know the top teams in the East. You know teams that have gotten significantly better compared to the Celtics during the during this offseason. So defensively, it's gonna it's gonna be huge. But offensively, guys are gonna need to step up. You know Jeff Teague. That's a huge. Uh, you know, not, not a concern, but he's kind of he's on he's in a big spot here. You know, to to put up points in a hurry. Yeah, and he'll get a ton of minutes for sure. The steady yeah. veteran oh, presence. Yeah, 30, 30 right, bro- Brad loves that, but I'm starting Grant. Yeah, and starters so. isn't a starters isn't a huge deal. And Brad even said that today. Like minutes matters a lot more than starters. Like who's your top five minute guys? We always see that with Smart. Uh, but you know, you could you'll probably see Teague in that top five minute category. Bring him off the bench, but he'll be in that top five, uh, probably closer category to end games. And you're gonna see Robert Williams because. Tristan Thompson is uh is not gonna we're not gonna see him uh, and that's huge that's great for Rob so he's going to play um or in the preseason and possibly uh, as the first big off the bench uh, to start the regular season I don't know what the Thompson timetable is but he's out at least through the preseason I can't see him being ready to go when the games begin so uh, you never know but it seems like he's gonna be a little late to the party yeah. So that's good for for Rob Williams, and of course that, that I have no problem with that. Let him ease his way in, so uh, Grant Williams and Robert can can eat up some minutes, especially Robert Williams, because he's he's gonna have to start fighting for his once once Thompson's healthy again. Yeah. Will All Brad right. go? Will Brad ever go big with Thompson and Tice and Tatum and Brown and Teague? I think depending. Bobby's he's, like our our. He said no last week. He said it's possible, but probably not. Yeah. Well, I don't think I don't think either of them shoot well enough. You need four spacers at least on the floor. What'd you make of him saying that you know talking about Tice potentially playing the four? Yeah, I, I don't see it. I, Tice, I don't know. Is he a good three point shooter at this point? Like we have a year of him doing it well. well he's he's a willing three point shooter. Yeah, and, and he'll take it if he has to. But how many times did we see in the playoffs? It, it swung around to him and he had the option to take it. And he's like, I'm going to pass this. I'm going to pass it up, you know? And Thompson feels similar. Like he can do it, but he only took 38 last year and he didn't seem thrilled about it. They'll ever. do it in rhythm if they have to, but they almost don't want to be open for a three because they don't want to take it because it's just not their game, you know? And but it wasn't Horford's either. It wasn't Horford's game until he made it part of his game. No, you're right. Horford you, pushed you hard that late in life. Horford has the ugliest shot in the freaking history of mankind, <laughs> and he and he became a, I mean, a super efficient three point shooter. Yeah, and that thing's grisly, you know. I mean, but again, it, it goes back to what you said, John. These guys is. don't have a full off season to like work on a three point shot. You know what I mean? Like, so you yeah. kind of know what you get. You are who you are, right? Yeah. Yeah. Garden Report is brought to you by Legends. Looking for a great holiday gift for your husband, boyfriend, son? Looking for new brands? Well. Try the Legends brand, one of the best brands out there for men's athletic apparel based in Los Angeles. The products are high quality, all the performance features that you would expect as an athlete, a style and comfort that makes for all day wear. You've got the Hawthorne Tech hoodies for joggers, perfect fit, won't break the bank. A lot of top athletic brands charging 100 or more for hoodies and sweats. Legends hoodies and joggers are 75 bucks. 
Okay. So once again, Legends Brand, go to legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Use the code Horford20. Once again, legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Use the promo code Horford20 to get 20% off on your next purchase. Do it today. Once again, legendsbrand.com backslash Horford. Promo code Horford20 for 20% off your next purchase. Uh, all right, moving off the Celtics, couple other news and nuggets off of the, uh, 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 you know, the, from this past week. Our, our boy Kyrie uh, doing what he does best is creating drama where none exists. Um, hints that hints that he's not going to talk to the media since he's going to let the work on the court speak for itself. Then in classic, he's never Kyrie, on the court. And then in classic Kyrie form, uh, you know, barks back at the media and says it's a made-up controversy. That's not what I mean. But he's still not talking. Um, he issued a statement, and that's that. Um, I, I have a developing opinion on this. It's really easy to bash Kyrie, but I want to hear your, your your take here. Again, I think it was a big collective eye roll from everybody from who covered him, you know, as we did um, the, the the couple of years he was here. You know, he, he just I, – it might not be a bad thing that he's not talking. Yeah, I think that's what it is, man. I, I really do. I don't – I'm not going to speculate and say that the Brooklyn Nets are in on this. But if you're the Brooklyn Nets, I'm happy about this. Great. No, maybe we don't see any tirades because let's face it, guys. We're talking about reporters that are speaking through, uh, you know, uh, on a Zoom that, that maybe they have a little more confidence to ask some of the more ballsy questions that will really get Kyrie going, the ones that are really triggering. And then yeah. all of a sudden we're going through, you know, tirade after tirade, week after week. It can be yeah. very distracting for a team to really push yeah. for the NBA title, you know? Yeah. So for me – this just it wasn't surprising to get some ridiculous statement out of Kyrie at media day. Um, I I think the NBA, and I don't know if they will, but I think the NBA should find him if he doesn't speak to the media. And that's, and that's not because, Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm part of the media and he should have to talk, but listen, part of your job as an NBA player of which you make millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars a year is doing the media thing, doing the, you know, the PR for the for the league, for the team, you know, being an ambassador, speaking out, you know, that's all part of what you're getting paid for. You're you're a Brooklyn net. You you go up there to the podium, you speak, whether it's before the game, after the game, at a community event, in good times and in bad, that's part of your job as a Brooklyn net, as a leader of the team, as a member of that organization, as a member as a player in this league. And for you to just say, Oh, I'm not gonna talk, well now you're putting the onus on your teammates, so who are who are supposed to look to you to lead, and now you're gonna, you know, you're gonna go three for twenty and, and then dip out of the game and, and have, you know, Levert speak speak for you after the game. How is that fair for him? But it's it, it's it's unfortunate that that's the that's how Kyrie thinks. He thinks the media twists what he says. Media doesn't twist what he says. He says what he says, and the media reports on what he says, and then it ends up being true more more times than not. I mean. Media said he didn't have a good relationship with LeBron James. He didn't like LeBron James. Comes out they didn't. LeBron pretty much just said that a couple of days ago. Media said he wanted to, you know, join with Kevin Durant. He said no, that's not true. And then what did he do? He joined a team with Kevin Durant, two max deals. Not only did he say it wasn't true, he lectured all of us for speculating. Yeah, he about lectured le- lectured all of us that is, you know, is the you just break stuff up. No, that's, yeah, that's is the what real life to you. Yeah, I mean, this guy one thing one thing after another. I mean, it's unfortunate that that's how he wants to be. Um, and that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I, I think I wonder if the NBA will just do anything or they'll just sit in his hands and let him run the show. 
Well, it's a classic debate. As soon as it happens, you know both sides of it. You're going to have one side that's going to say a bunch of people, it's his job, he's got to talk, it's part of the deal. If you don't like it, you know, do something else for a living. And then there'll be others who'll say, he doesn't owe the media anything. He can do whatever the hell he wants. And if he doesn't feel like talking, he doesn't have to talk. And, I mean, the second side is is wrong. I mean, it is part of the game. But ultimately, at first I was like, Oh, F this guy again. But at the end of the day, it's it really is better if he doesn't speak ever. Um, That's not true. How is that everyone. true? How has it ever been true, though? Because every, all it does, every athlete in the history of, of sports has spoken to the media, whether or not they've been good at it or not. It doesn't matter. Look at my, he like, has a voice, though. He can use his voice for a lot of good. If he, he, can, chooses, he can't do yeah, it. See, that's the he thing. does stuff off the court. He does I other he's things. Gonna, I feel like there's a loophole here, right? He's going to say, oh, he's going to put up these messages or whatever he plans to do. And, and, and instead of fielding questions, just putting up a response, he's going to say, well, technically, I spoke to the media. You know, you can't find me. I mean, I'll show you some sort of loophole. Here. Whether that or not, here's where it gets Whatever. into an issue. If he keeps going out and shooting friggin' four for 27 and turning the ball over or having a bunch of shitty games and doesn't hold himself accountable by talking and answering questions, and then other teammates have to ask about, you know, get asked over and over again, what's up with Kyrie? Or if he looks sullen and people are trying to read his body language, he can create massive distractions for his teammates. That's always been my thing. It's not the it's the job. It's you're creating a drama and a situation where your teammates are constantly going to have to be asked, hey, what's going on with Kyrie? Since he won't talk to us, I'll ask you. And it's not just a Kyrie-specific thing. You see this all the time. When yeah. stars dart out because they don't want to face the music after a locker room, and there's been past like Red Sox teams I've covered that would do this, and they would leave two to three people to answer all of the questions and be like, well, what do you think's going on with this guy? And it'd be like, I don't know. Freaking ask him. You know, like you just get so tired. Like, I don't know. I'm not Kyrie. I'm not Kyrie. Ask Kyrie. You know, like, that's the only only place it can become an issue. Otherwise, every time he talks, he puts his foot in his mouth. He creates distractions. He's, it's probably better for him if he doesn't talk. It's better for him. Probably better. It's probably better for him. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's probably better for a lot of guys who still talk. I, I mean, you think Kevin Garnett really wanted to talk to the media half the time? No. And a lot of times he didn't. But a lot of times he also did. And he was accountable. And he probably said some stuff. I'm not picking on Kevin Garnett. I'm just using him as an example. Any players probably said something that they regret at some point. And you know what? You move on. Maybe you, maybe you apologize. Maybe you don't. And you go into the next thing. And you go into the next game. But if you're gonna just avoid, 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 and things are gonna <coughs> pile up, things are gonna just start to add up and get worse and worse until they boil over. Yeah, there, there's always how it goes. there's always a point on both sides for me with this. Would I like to see him out there? Sure. You, you as a reporter, you like to have access to these guys. I'm not crying that he's not out there. You can always find different ways to do it. Uh, I think where he's gotten himself into trouble in these press settings is talking about the younger players on these teams. We've seen in Boston now. We've seen it in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. I don't think it overly pray, plays well. Didn't here in Boston for sure when he started talking about what these young players need to do, what they need to learn, especially when we look at Kyrie's career and say, what has he done to move the needle on a team? Besides playing with LeBron, you know, we have three circumstances now where he didn't move it all that much uh, last year as well in Brooklyn. So, again, I'm going to be focusing on Kyrie's play. I don't really care what he says. I'm not getting caught up in every little comment. I actually this care year. more what he says because it's entertaining. Um, well, I think this team's a lot more consequential. Than I, want to, I want to see them implode. And part of them imploding is Kyrie being friggin' cuckoo bananas. You know, like that's mm-hmm. the fun part. I think you can – we've seen in NBA history, and we saw with Kevin Durant in 2019, 
things weren't right in that locker room. Kevin Durant took a break from talking in the media that year. It yeah, wasn't the cleanest situation. Freaking human being in the history of mankind. I'm just saying you can have a locker room that's a little messed up that has the talent to do it. And this could all be part of the plan with Kyrie too. Yeah, the Celtics Coaching locker room wasn't awesome yeah. in 2008. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I I have high expectations for this Freaking next team. Rondo, they, Ray, that, you know, they, they had some issues. They they worry me a bit down there in Brooklyn. Like if Durant, I keep saying this, if Durant's right, it doesn't matter what Kyrie's saying. It doesn't matter what Steve Nash is drawing up on the sideline. If Kevin Durant is Kevin Durant, this team's winning the East. Like there's no way around it. And there might be issues with younger players here. They might make a dramatic trade. I think that's the biggest risk to what's going on there in Brooklyn. If they I make a trade be, that doesn't, they would that be ends up sinking. Way them. worse if they if they trade some of these players for star bubble. What a mess that would be. They'd be I agree. Much, they're much better off holding on to that younger talent. Much. They are a deep team right now. They're deep. Yeah, they have everything yeah, everywhere. Much better yeah. off holding on to all those players instead of packaging everything for Harden. That's the worst thing they could do. I. That's what's interesting is, um, you know, and I wanted to talk about the Harden thing a little bit. Uh, nobody wants him. Um, that's right. Like he yeah. wants out. He's holding yeah. his breath. He shows up out of shape. Shows up late. Doesn't feel like playing. You know. Does a sort of mini holdout is is the reason um, uh, you know Westbrook was traded, and he's here, and he doesn't want to play, and he wants to go to Brooklyn, then he wants to go to Philly, and those teams are like, I am, I don't think so, you know. Yeah, like, no, we're good. Nah, we're good. Like they're talking about breaking up the Simmons and Bead thing for Harden. Like, no, yeah. I'm gonna, I, I, I'd rather roll with these guys, and the Nets don't want. They're fine. They're like, we got two stars, and ball dominant stars and a bunch of good players around him. I don't want him either. I don't know where this guy goes. It's interesting that you're talking about a guy who's arguably one of the most efficient, dynamic offensive players in the history of the league and certainly in the last 20 years. And nobody wants – it doesn't feel like anybody wants a, wants a piece of this right now. Well, I think it's high risk, high reward for a lot of teams, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's as simple as oh, we don't want him. I think it's no, like, you just well, don't want to give up everything you have. Exactly. We we know what him. we know what it's going to take to acquire you, and we're not sure you're going to like it here, or we're not sure you're going to fit with what we already have here. I mean, right. Yeah, if you're the Nets, I mean, that's it, it. It's crazy to to think that Harden, Durant, and Kyrie, listen, three of the best players in the NBA, no question. But when you when you put them on the same team. How the hell is that going to work? And you're going to yeah. you're going to sell your your future essentially by trying to make that trade work. We just right. talked about how deep they are. I mean, same with the Sixers. I mean, you're not going to get Harden without giving getting rid of one of your two, you know, future current and future cornerstones. So it's like almost like not worth it to those current teams. And then you've got some teams that may not currently be in the playoff hunt, but maybe a guy like Harden takes them there. But is that what he's looking to do? Is he looking to just go to some, you know? obscure team and they'll carry this team now to the playoffs like i don't know there's so many questions where it's better like city, if you're, better if you're city a gm you're like yeah. if you're a gm and you're like um, your job's kind of safe you're like i'm not gonna go like blow this whole thing up and like have it backfire on me in two years yeah and also the big problem too is how many superstars or all-stars really want to team up with james harden especially teams that already have two guys you know that that already have a yeah, good what's thing in it for you really yeah. want to rock the boat here <laughs> and bring a third guy in and I'm telling you, I think the reputation what, was it good for you? It's no, not just amongst, uh, amongst GMs or or you know through the Rockets organization, but it's also through across the league. I think the word is out that people don't want to play with the guy. You know, 
But one team that I don't know, guys. I don't know. Let me know what you guys think about this. One team I think might do it. Might roll the dice. For some reason, I think they might do Pacers. it. Pacers. No, the Toronto Raptors. Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Did, okay. Did that set up remind you of the Carson Edwards thing with Joe Sway there? I thought- <laughs> Wait, what? Uh, that was one of the great moments in the history of the when show. You were, oh, the Carson you, Edwards. You, you sold us on this great. Thing you were going to tell us about. You started like, doing some calculations. Oh, yeah. Hold on, let me just carry the one. That was the What if you played Carson Edwards? That was the very, final card in the deck that you could play. <laughs> that was the very hottest take of the whole playoff series. So, Carson wait, what Edwards. was your hard take? Hey, get out of here. That's the end of the deck. Joker, get out of here. <laughs> what's your what's your hard take? <laughs> No, I mean that's the only team I think that that might that might bite a, a significant you know a team that's in the hunt or a team that's a, a playoff team. Is the Raptors? Is the Maybe, Raptors? Said. But they're not going to do this, it right. This is going to be. This will be. This will be later on. But aren't they still? Aren't they still gearing up for Giannis' run here? That's true. Giannis yeah. still hasn't signed. That's true. Yeah. You have to so, you have to hold out for that. And they have the money. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's you know that's a, that's another great point because the the Rockets. How many teams? Are willing to 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 wait or not or say no altogether? And I bet you a lot of those teams are nowhere near you know playoff finals contenders. We're obligated to ask the question if if they came knocking and they asked the Celtics, hey, what do you think? I've made my feelings clear. I wouldn't trade friggin' you know uh, Romeo and a future second rounder for Harden. Like I want nothing to do with it. I would. Would <laughs> Ainge. Um, so uh, forget it. But I mean, obviously everybody knows here you're, you're talking, uh, you know, Jalen and smart most likely to get this done, which I mean, I don't even think you, if, if you see the area code, you can take the call. Um, but is there a world in which you could convince yourself that you, you would want to do a Tatum Harden tandem and, and, and have, okay, I'm going to have my, my, I'm going to get my two top 10 players and I'm going to do that thing. I'm going to try to be that, you know, uh-huh. could you, could you talk yourself into it? I could talk myself into it for a top 10 player, not named James Harden. I couldn't do it for Harden. I could easily mortgage both Jalen and smart for someone else in that top 10. Maybe uh, I don't, I couldn't do it for Harden. It's tough because you have the situation right now where Tatum signed for five years, where Brown signed for five years, and they're both fairly comfortable with their spot in the hierarchy of this team. Brown's gone if you're acquiring Hayward Harden. Like, there's Clearly. no way I can see that trade getting done without that. And then how do you share the responsibility between Harden and Tatum? We've seen Harden fail epically now with Chris Paul. Well, not epically. They worked until the very end. And then Russell Westbrook. Two ball-dominant guys. Tatum needs to become a ball-dominant player to reach his potential. I don't see it. And, again, I don't want to snub my nose at it because we talk about some of the issues with the it top in town here in Boston. If you could somehow do a Kemba package, but it's just not happening. And that's why this, this stalemate's going to go on for so long because other teams aren't ready to give up everything. Brooklyn, I think, is, John. I think they're more ready to do this than you think. Their package just isn't great enough because they don't – Karis Levert's close to being that centerpiece player for a trade, but he's not quite there. do with this, Bobby? Are you kidding me? You really think that they're going to consider this? It wouldn't just be that. It would probably be like one of those – like You need a third team or something. No, but it would also be a Nets deal that would be like – um, 
five first rounders spread out. I still don't think it's enough. Six years from now, you know? So like, it would be like my first rounder every other year for four years, starting in 26, you know, 2026 or something. Like I could see that potentially. Houston Houston should hold out for Ben Simmons. I take Ben Simmons over 15 Nets picks. Like they, that's got to get done. That's the thing is the Sixers don't want to do that. That boggles my mind. I think a team, another team steps in, maybe like a Hawks team. Like again, if he gets dealt, I don't think he gets traded to one of these top teams. And heck, Atlanta. I agree. James Harden would love himself some Atlanta. Like, you know, put him with Trey Young. James Harden would love himself some Atlanta. The Nets could make it work. I think the the Nets could make it work if if they they wanted it. Go nuts. It's a win win for everyone. I mean, you'd throw in like what Lavert and it's just not a few picks and, you know, make the salaries match. All right. So you have to but, nail this trade but, if you're Houston. Listen, that doesn't feel like nailing it to me. Would I would I trade Brown and Smart for Harden? I'd probably I probably wouldn't. But man, it, and the reason is I don't know how well Harden and Tatum could like coexist. I think they're both like they need the ball and like I just there's only so many shots and I wouldn't want Harden to stunt Tatum's growth in that aspect. But man, in a world where that would work, how fun would that be to just have two like unreal scorers? Just going down the court. Step back every, three, every, step back three, step back three. Like, you can't yeah, defend it. Right. Yeah, like, essentially every possession, you're expecting some sort of points to go in, whether at the line or behind the arc. I mean, that I can see a world where that would be pretty fun. But I don't know if the Celtics are deep enough around those two guys to make that happen. They don't have – they don't really have, to me, the role players. To, if you get rid of Smart, I don't think they have the team that can, like, make that work around those two well yeah. you would make it a bigger trade you try to get pj tucker back and some of the other role guys in houston that are familiar with yeah. them i mean i don't, I don't want to snub my nose at it like you jimmy it's just i i see how he plays this is where we all kind of get sick with him the 15 I second dribbles like I, and i've heard someone say i've talked to someone about this they think outside of d'antoni it could be different with him but i'm not buying it like this is how he's become that 40 50 point per game scorer that is bet like he just everything revolves hot, around though, him but when he's hot i mean i mean there's no better highlight reel sometimes when you're watching sports and watching it. it go up and when he's cold John, those teams he's way are more dead. fun to watch than Giannis, though i mean we talk about i, mean, I disagree i disagree with he's that he's more fun than Giannis. i just I, I don't disagree harden blows my mind with that stuff because it's like i can't believe he did that again i right. I, I always say like Giannis is like you know you're hey, again i keep you making these you know analogies but like you're playing on a nerf hoop in your basement you know like yeah. and it's like and you're, you're, you're at the three-point line and then you take two steps and dunk like that's what Giannis yeah. is like you know like right. It's it's just boring. And your little brother cries up, goes crying yeah. to his mom upstairs, and like that's the end of the game. Exactly, you're playing against your little I brother. Never... He thinks he's got you, and you just go ping, ping, and you dunk it. You know, that's I, like, know, yeah. I, I I never heard people complain about Shaq, and it was the same thing with him. I don't know what you guys are talking about with this Giannis. Even big and oh, uh, Shaq, Shaq was yeah. uh, Shaq. I don't know why Shaq was different. All right, so I want to bring it back full circle to where we started. Okay, and then we'll and then we'll end this off here. Um, what the hell's wrong with Joe Sway? Um, dudes, we've been debating. Uh, we've been debating. I'll wait for Joe Sway to get in here. Are you gonna hang out or what? You good, bro? <laughs> you some coffee? Okay. Can't um, hear him now. We've been debating on the thread about you know like top end talent and the Celtics here and whether they have it. And again, I, I'm gonna go back to the ESPN list only as a starting point for this conversation, because then the question is how high end is the Celtics highest end talent here, right? So 
If you looked at their tandem just based off of the ASPN rankings, okay, and you add the two numbers together where they're ranked, they're 43, 11 and 32, right? If you look at, and again, these are just lists, but certainly AD and LeBron are going to be ahead of that because they're both top 10 players. Other players that will finish higher than the 43 will be uh, KD and Kyrie, uh, uh, Damon McCollum, uh, Kawhi and Paul George, Giannis and Middleton, uh, Jokic and Murray, Adebayo and Butler, Embiid and Simmons, uh, uh, the Booker and Chris Paul. And then close to them, Ingram and Zion, uh, and also um, Mitchell and Gobert. That's a large list of teams that can stack up better or very comparable to your two top players. So again, when Bobby, we were having the conversation of, okay, well, the Celtics, you know, high-end talent is what wins it. How high-end is the Celtics' talent in, in in reality? I mean, they might have – you can make an argument there. Well, let's keep it to the East. Let's keep it to the you East. Can make That's an argument a fair way to do it. As high as 5 or 6, but as low as 10 or 12, depending on how you look at it. Uh, you know, the Butler out of bio, I'm not sold that those guys are better. I don't care that their ranking is there, but that's something. Simmons and Embiid have always been considered better. I'm not mm-hmm. sold there either because of the fit, mm-hmm. um, you know. So I'm not super sure there just in the East. Giannis and Middleton, I'm going to give them the nod only because Giannis is is in a different le- stratosphere. and yeah. They've and, been doing it for quite some time now. So. And, and Middleton and Jalen are, are roughly a wash, I think. And, but Giannis is just in another level from Tatum right now. Uh, it might not be that way forever, but he ha- you have to agree there, right? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. A KD and Kyrie, again, if KD is right, it's really hard to argue there, right? KD alone carries it to just put any player B with KD. Yeah, I mean, and you could have made the argument Curry and Clay would have been there too if Clay didn't get hurt himself again. As certainly, <laughs> a, 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 certainly. Yeah. And you can argue Beal and Westbrook. I'm not going to argue it because I much prefer Tatum and Brown. But in the East, I think that's where you have it right there uh, with those guys, uh, with those four teams and this tandem as the kind of – as the best pairings right yeah and that that places you at the fourth seed which is about where i see this team realistically yeah. so, bonus no nah, yep. turner's nah. a bonus absolutely i mean that's that's more jimmy's coffee there but i'm not i'm not wrong <laughs> with it you can go you can go turner it's a bonus you can go turner oladipo you can go turner warren i mean you can go a bunch of different ways with the pacers so i said this with mariah earlier that bam Butler thing, you have to respect uh, you yeah, have to respect what Miami all over that. Jeez. You have to respect what Miami did last year. In I think fact, both of those guys were a little high on that list, but that's just me. Well, what I they think, did I last so year too. was incredible in the playoffs, and they can build on that. They're defensive menace, both of them, and they I'm almost hit them and Brown over those two. I, and I, I'm actually not even blinking at it. I'm not even blinking. I mean, I I think, hey, the scoreboard I says what the scoreboard so says. So much better than Butler that them being one. One ranking apart on that list is a joke. I, personally, that I have Tatum so far above Butler um, on that list. And, and if we and remember, I'll take the- Kings over Bigs a uh, hundred out of a hundred times. I'll take. I'll take the that that one. I take the Celtics. Uh, I don't but, think it's that. Butler- Butler showed nope. up, and I Butler showed up in like one or two games in that Celtics series, but he was fairly quiet for the majority the of that Celtics series. series. Jimmy, what about the NBA F and Oh yeah, I Joe Swain. Go performances. You didn't. Jeez. You didn't let me finish my Go point. On. You didn't let me finish my point. My my point was that it was the Heat as a team 
that got them to the NBA Finals. I mean, you guys haven't even mentioned Hero, like, in this video once. So, I mean, don't forget how huge he was for that Heat team. They had guys stepping Hero up was aside. Hero like five range of players yeah. on this list after yeah, a year. I mean, they had guys stepping up. I mean, Adebayo was, a, was an absolute beast in that series against the Celtics, much more than Butler was. Now, Butler obviously was an, was crazy in the NBA Finals, and he, he made it, like, actually interesting when we all thought the Lakers were going to roll over the Heat. He made it, like, a fun series. And I'll give him all, all the credit in the world for that. But I'm with John where it's like, I'm 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 definitely saying Tatum is better than Butler. And I don't think it's as – maybe it's because I'm, I'm thinking projecting more like over the course of Tatum's yeah. career. I like, think he's better today. Chair. He was better yesterday. He was better all season. I, I don't he even is, think but I mean, But, like, I mean, when you compare like where they both are in their careers age-wise too, like he's definitely going to continue to be better than, than Butler over the years. But, I mean, yeah. obviously yeah. you got to give Butler his credit for, for the performance that he put in last season. The, the context matters too. Miami has a fantastic team, and that aids those two in being yeah. able to do what they do. I think Brooklyn will do that too for the two stars there. I mean, Meanwhile, we look nasty. We we look in Philly and that team minimizes everything that their two stars do. My hot Who, take: Durant Durant's going to be a, a a shell of his former self. He's still going to score because he can shoot. He's not going to be the same guy. Yeah, I think efficiency is going to be a huge. Well, he's not going to be the same guy with yeah. that, with, so an you, Achilles, with an Achilles. He's in what his twelfth year, eleventh year. I mean, what are we talking about here? You mentioned this, John. That Beal. Westbrook thing starting to intrigue me more and more. I look into it. I read about it. I think about it. That's it. That's uh, yeah, Westbrook. Westbrook and Beal in Washington. That's going to be an intriguing duo because we've gone oh, so dude. low on Westbrook and we just talked about some of the issues with Harden in terms of fitting alongside him and uh, just how screwed up that Houston situation is looking to be at this point. Westbrook is going to have such a big comeback season, I think. And that Washington team, I, I could see them as high as five in the East with some of the young talent they have Beal, there in that top two duo. Yeah. I think he can, I think he could oh, mesh well with Beal. He showed up early. He saw smiles. He got a new number. You're not into it? He's trying to be a leader now. Hey, yeah. I'm just talking regular season for now. I have my playoff concerns too. But, man, Westbrook and Beal in the regular season, they're going to stack up some Ws. I just I don't know. Like I said, will, it's, they, I, will they? I could see them as high as five. I think they're going to surprise a ton of people. Yeah, but who's balling out after that? Bobby, do you have do you have your your you have your one through eight handy? Yeah, I'll give it to you. One one right off the top. All right, so we well, got. Yeah, we'll finish. We can we can wrap it up with this. So we'll rip this apart. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. Let's go one Milwaukee because I think Giannis is going to play every game. Didn't have this list ready. Every game, okay. Two, Brooklyn. There'll be a little more load management nope. there. Wow, but you're high on Brooklyn. They have a ton of depth. Any given night, they can put guys on the court who are going to win a game for them, no matter who's out there. Uh, three, I'll go Miami. I think they're going to have a big boost off last year. Four, I'll put the Celtics. Five, give me Washington. I think Washington's wow. going to shock people. Let's go six, Indiana. Um, yeah. Six, Seven. Where's Philly? Seven will go Philly. What are you doing? Where's Philly? I think. <laughs> did you forget I don't like about Philly. them? I don't like yeah. them. I don't like Philly. There's a reason I forgot them. And eight, I don't know. Take your pick. You're making up. You didn't have this list ready. Why did you ask him? I had the, <laughs> I had the top five ready. That's all that matters. Oh, okay. He had five. Well, that's why he forgot Philly, I guess. Well, I, I don't. That's going to fall to four or five. 
Listen, when it comes to Philly, they're completely reliant on whether or not Embiid and Simmons can go and can coexist, and whether or not Doc they can Doc Rivers can get them. Oh, uh, Toronto, Toronto six, put them in there. Indy will right, be my Toronto. eight. Wow, Bobby you don't have Toronto. you don't have a list. Wait, 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 wait. You put Toronto what? So, so Celtics are what two slots or three slots above Toronto? All right. No, he said Celtics five. Two, they they'd be four. Toronto five. Well, I bumped them down. Washington. This yeah. was a, this was a terrible way to end this show. <laughs> I thought he had it. I no, Jimmy, I'll talk it up too. Jimmy, it was up here. I had to, I had to scramble around and find it. It wasn't on he was paper. Texting about it. He was texting about it. I thought he had it. Oh God. I it. I'll go. I'll go top five. All right. Number one, Milwaukee. I'm gonna go two, the Miami Heat. And and I feel like people are just forgetting what they did and like as yeah. if they're not gonna get better or at least be the same. I, I don't. All the young shooters. I got Miami two, uh, three. I'm gonna go Toronto. 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 Four. Wow. They lost a little bit. Toronto. I go Toronto a bit. Okay. Four That's Philly, Toronto. five Boston. Philly. Oh man, you every year people drink the Kool Aid on Philly going into the year. Come like it. When are we gonna stop with this? I know they made some good adjustments. The core is the I core. Them, really. I got them. In, I got them top five, but Celtics could be teetering between five and six. That's Celtics exactly. could go as low as six if the Nets are good, um, and as high as three. Right. Yeah. I mean, crap. They could get as high as two uh, if everything goes right. But I think that that's about right. You know what? I'll put Brooklyn in front of Philly. Excuse me. So then Boston. Boston. At best case scenario, is right there. Yeah, we don't know. We we have no idea. We'll to, <laughs> we don't know. We'll Bobby, do this, Bobby we'll forgot about this, Philly and Toronto when he started. He forgot Philly and Toronto were in the East when he started his list. Well, for, top, Toronto moved to Tampa. That's what got they were me. Top three when the season ended, and now we're the Celtics, barely top five. That's well, tight. I mean, top to bottom. That's what happens when you lose tight. two really good players? But Joe Sway, don't say that because. Celtics fans just call you a hater and negative, like, you know, like you right. can't just be a realist to talk about the offseason. Everything has to be well, let me ask you this. green colored glasses. Where, I mean, where would they be? Points between Kemba and, and, and Hayward, yeah, okay, but also how many assists, especially, you know, Gordon Hayward, that's a huge loss that, that, right. wasn't, that wasn't replaced. Yes, huge, but it was by Tristan Thompson. We're, we're, we're not going to do this again. We've been going over an hour. <laughs> we're not, we're not well, doing it. I think they'd be in a similar place if they did the things you guys want them to do. Okay. No, not doing this. Um, we'll, we'll talk about uh, legends, Bobby. Want to tell them about it. Joe Sway's wearing it. The legends for those, brand. For those listening on the podcast, Joe Sway is rocking a, like I would say maroon colored legends uh, hoodie. Yeah. Um. You get the drawstrings. Let's check out that hood. Put the hood on for a second. What do we got? Oh yeah, I love the hood. Oh, that's some good cover. Oh, that's good coverage. That looks comfortable, man. That What's looks the like on? Hey, really is. And I'll see you in there. So this pockets in the front. Yep. Got a little pouch. This is a good garment. Again, Nick Gelso giving out stuff to his friends. I never get anything. I didn't um, get one. Literally, I've never gotten I one. Nick, I I haven't gotten no. one product. Ever not even not even friggin not even ball dusting uh, powder. <laughs> Get out of here! You definitely got that, bro. Not a single thing. Not a single thing. So visit legendbrand.com 
backslash Horford, okay? Use the promo code Horford20 to get 20% off your next purchase. Once again, Legends Brand, thelegendsbrand.com backslash Horford, promo code Horford20, okay? Go get it. Get the stuff. I don't get it. You guys can have it. I'm going to get it for Christmas. Hoodie, yeah, Christmas, hoodies and joggers. It's winter. 75 bucks I see here. That's not bad at all. Nothing. No, no swag. What's money anyways? Like, what even is it? With 20%, nothing. Yeah. So go get some of that. As for the garden report, we'll be back. Um, geez, we might be – the next time you see us might be a post game for the first preseason game next week. Which Tuesday. Is- which is just crazy town. Oh my god! Um, Post game is back. <laughs> we're gonna overreact to everything. So, so we'll do us. that. Um, and we will take questions. We didn't have time today. Things went a little long. But thank you for joining, uh, Bobby Manning, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. There's good stuff there. And Celtics um, All Access. Celtics, Celtics All Access. Only. It's our Celtics specific, exclusive YouTube channel. Celtics All Access. 